0: At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Today, we're continuing in our series entitled Thanksgiving The Key to Greatness. When you think of the word Thanksgiving, you think about maybe turkey or whatever, but we're talking about the act of being thankful and grateful and appreciative and, and living in that way. And, and today I have, a, I have a little bit different definition. If you didn't hear last week's message, you need to go back and listen to that. But today I have, a, I have a, a, an altered definition for the word thanksgiving. And it is to be actively full Of gratitude, praise, and thanksgiving. To be actively full of gratitude, praise, and thankfulness. To be actively grateful. To be actively thankful. To actively have a voice of praise and thanksgiving on a day-to-day basis. To be active with that. The word greatness that I defined for you last week, I want to to give you a little bit different definition to that, but greatness in the the context of what we're talking about in this message, greatness is to become more like God. I read this verse of Scripture last week, Psalm 150 in verse 2, and it says, praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. God is not only good, but He's great. And to understand the key to greatness is to understand Him and to be more like Him in everything that you do. We want to be more like God in every single thing that we do day to day. Can you say amen to that? I made this statement last week ungratefulness disqualifies you from greatness. Ungratefulness disqualifies you. Well, it seemed like pretty much the whole human race would be disqualified. Right? But that's not so. Not so. All of us have been ungrateful. All of us have had bad attitudes. All of us have been at different times in our life, have lacked gratitude. So, the more we develop that, the more we become like Him, the more we actively have that gratitude, that thankfulness, and that, that attitude of praise in our life. The more we develop that, we become more like Him, and it changes our whole attitude about life. Ungratefulness disqualifies you from greatness. But we don't have to be ungrateful. We don't have to live that kind of a life. God didn't create you that way. You learned how to be ungrateful. You and I learn, we've learned in our life how to be selfish. If you were in a daycare when you were a kid, You learned how to be selfish. That's my toy. And nobody's going to have it. And you don't work that mess out of you, then you become an adult with bigger toys, and that's my toy, and you ain't going to touch it. And you're that way with everybody. And it started as a child. Isn't it amazing how easy it is To get negative and to live a negative life. And how did, I mean, you can be working on being positive, and one negative thing can appear like it just messes everything up. So you have to be determined you're going to make the changes in your life. What we talked about last week, and the rest of my message today, is how to make the changes. Yeah, we can know, okay, you know, I need to work on this and all that kind of thing, but how do you do it? And and I'm I'm just I'm convinced, based on this next passage of scripture that we read last week. Because you and I have to, we must cultivate a life of thanksgiving. You have to. You were created to live that way, and you have to cultivate it. And in Psalm thirty-four, David. King David said this, Psalm 34 and verse 1, he said, I will bless the Lord. Thanksgiving is to praise and to bless and to show gratitude, to actively live that way. And David's saying this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I thought about this, if, you, if, if, I put a, if I put a recorder at your house or I put a recorder attached to you and it played for 24 hours, how much continual praise would there be on that recorder? How much blessing at all times would be on that recorder? Or would it mostly be complaining about everything going on and everybody? Well, record yourself for 24 hours and listen to it. All it's going to do is help you to figure out what you need to work on. Right? He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Let's exalt Him. Let's show gratitude to Him and to His name and His greatness. Let's thank Him every day about everything in our lives. No matter what it is, no matter what we deal with, let's learn to change what comes out of our mouth. As he said right here, he said, the humble shall hear of it and be glad. The humble shall hear of a word like this that we're talking about and be glad about it. The Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives great grace to the humble. Humility is just being willing to acknowledge that God's smarter than me. And if God's got a better way of doing something, true humility is just saying, you know what Lord, I've done it like this for years, I don't really know how to change, but I'm believing you're going to help me change because I want to do it your way instead of my way. That's all it is. And, And true humility, the greatest act of humility and submission was shown in the garden of Gethsemane when Jesus said to the Father, Lord, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. There be any other way to redeem all of humanity, let, let it happen, but not my will, but yours be done. In that moment, Jesus and the Father's will were totally separate. He began to experience, he began to sweat drops of blood and realize what he was going to have to pay for for humanity. God, if there's some other way. So there lies the greatest act of humility ever in the history of the world. Submission to God's way of thinking. That's what humility is. Submitting to God's way of thinking and learning to develop that in your life. Humility and thankfulness go hand in hand. You can't separate them. You, you find a thankful person and you'll find a humble person. You find a person of humility and there's thankfulness there or they wouldn't be humble. Now, some people think they're humble, you know, and they'll tell you how humble they are. But that's not true humility. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you at the proper time. When will that be? When you can handle it. When you can handle it. So I just want to, I just want to like, I want to go through just a list of things in your mind to stir you up in about what to be thankful for, And, and, and at the same moment, challenge you to realize, maybe in certain areas or certain things that I'm talking about here in a moment, how you're ungrateful for what you have or you don't have. So, so much of the time, people are complaining about what they don't have instead of learning how to be grateful and thankful for what they do have. I'm thankful today that I live in the United States of America versus some other countries that I've actually been in. I'm grateful that I live in this country. But you know what's really easy to do? Think about all the things that are wrong with it. And all the people that are wrong. And all the people that don't think like me. (laughs) Because see, I got it down. I'm joking. I'm saying that's the way we think. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what a great country. I mean, I mean, think about it. Think about how great it is to live in the freedoms that we have here. Amen. I've been in other countries where the people there... I was a number of years back. I was in the Ukraine, and even in those days, those people were still bound up, and still the effects of communism and and the 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 effects of the, of the, of a, of the the tyranny and the the reign of tyranny in their lives just constant. You know, it was just on them all the time. We went into different children's hospitals and we were praying for these, I mean, these little bitty babies and little children. You know, I, I got just tons of pictures of, of sitting with these young kids that all had terminal cancer. And it was all the, re, the result of, of their parents being affected by Chernobyl and all the things that had happened with that and, and all the contamination of it and that caused this cancer and different diseases in these little children's bodies. And I and I thought to myself, God, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It was probably fifty or sixty or seventy of the, these young kids that we spent all morning in this hospital, going through with these kids. And I, I was thinking, man, how we could rent a plane and just fly them all home, fly them all with us. I mean, I mean, these kids had the most amazing smiles, you know, they. they, they we brought them all kinds of gifts and things. And, I mean, you thought that, you know, Santa had flown in, you know, and, and brought them everything. And it was an amazing time with these children. But, but I thought, how blessed that we are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I've never forgotten it. And in the worst days and the worst moments this country has ever known, nothing like that. Nothing like what those people have been through. And many other countries the same way. Just every day, finding something to be grateful for. Finding something that's happened in this nation to be grateful for. And I'll just tell you right now, for you to be able to do that and do it effectively, you got to turn the news off. Shut them down. No, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to spend time. What did David say? I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Meaning, the words that praise and acknowledge gratefulness and greatness and and, and thankfulness for what we have, it it comes from Him. There's a devil out there, and the, the enemy doesn't want you thanking and being glad for anything. He wants you to be miserable all the time. Being thankful for the car you drive. Who in here desire a better car? Just lift your hand up. You desire a better car than what you're driving. Hold your hand up. Just, don't, don't look around. Just, just look, look. Okay. You desire a better car. One of the greatest ways to, to get a better car, the right way, is to be thankful for what you have. And driving it, you know, keep something that maybe is not, maybe it's not the best thing in the world, but treat it like it's the best car there ever was or ever will be. Clean it. Take care of it. And in that, those actions of thankfulness and gratefulness, other things come your way. But if all you're doing is complaining about it all the time, your words are going to sink that car before you get rid of it. How about the house you live in? I don't care what it looks like or what it is or how good it is or how not so good it is. Begin to treat that place and be grateful and thankful for that place like it's the best thing ever that anybody's ever lived in on the planet. And at the same time, thanking God for a better car, a better house, a better something, if that's where you're at in life, whatever it is. Just using a number of different examples about showing you how to challenge yourself to change the ungrateful words and attitude coming out of your life. How do you change it? Just stop it. <laughs> and stop it by finding, you've got to replace it with finding something to be grateful for. Being thankful for your family. We have the holidays coming up and sometimes the thought of holidays and family is kind of like terror for some people. Oh my gosh. What about finding something to be thankful for? Number one, that you have a family. I don't care what your family looks like. Don't compare your family with somebody else's. Worst thing you can do because you're always complaining about how yours doesn't measure up or I don't like this or what. Be thankful for the fact you have a family. Yeah. I don't care what it looks like. Be thankful for your family. Married couples, being thankful for your spouse. Unmarried couples, being thankful for your spouse. You're not married. Be thankful for being single. Thankful that you're alive. Hmm? But thankful for what your heart desire is. But being grateful for everything around you. Be thankful maybe for all the friends you have. Being thankful for the job that you have, the the business you have, where you work. Being grateful and thankful by, by speaking positive and sound words over what you do. The people around you that work with you, instead of moaning and groaning and complaining about them. maybe you don't like something about somebody, don't say anything about them. Find somebody you do like. Talk about them. When somebody irritates me and frustrates me, they go on my list. And I start praying Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and Colossians 1 over their life. And when somebody irritates me, I'm always checking myself, Lord, what is it about me that is, is not so good about why I'm irritated by what they do? Listen to me. If you don't do that, you will never experience greatness. there's a there's a really powerful verse of scripture that I read every day I'm just going to pull it up here just one second Proverbs 15:33, and it's in the Passion translation. just go read it later. I'm just going to read this to you. The source of revelation knowledge is found as you fall down in surrender before the Lord. Don't expect to see Shekinah glory, don't expect to see the good things of God until the Lord sees your sincere humility. What's sincere humility? It's real humility. It's it's humility that's been tested and tried. It's the fact that you've tried it, (laughs) and it's been tested, and you're still doing it. And you're still purposing when pride rises up and you don't want to have a better attitude about something or somebody that you keep doing it. How do you change? You just do it. You go from a vocabulary of ungratefulness to a vocabulary of gratefulness and thankfulness and praise and acknowledging how great God is. I read the verse of Scripture in 2 Thessalonians or 1 Thessalonians, whatever it is, 5, last week about the will of God for your life. Rejoice always. In all things give thanks. No, that's not the way it says it. It says... In all things, in all things, give thanks for this is the will of God for your life. He didn't say thanking God for all things. He said in all things. So when you feel the pressure of ungratefulness, you feel the pressure of of not liking something and you you just want to lash out at it. That's where you begin in the midst of that to begin to thank God for how great He is. It's not for all things, it's in all things. When you experience things, because everybody does, I don't care who you are. When we look in at somebody else, look at yourself. Everybody is ungrateful and unthankful, everybody lacks voicing praise and thanksgiving for things and and having this ungrateful attitude about certain things in life. Everybody experiences it. How do you get over it? You change what you say. You change what you're thankful for. You look for things to be thankful for, constantly looking and acknowledging the fact that God is bigger than anything that you face. How many believe that today? You might be in a, in, a, in a place, listen to me, and I'm telling you this is the absolute truth. That verse I just read about seeing the Shekinah glory, not until God sees your sincere humility. I want to say it like this. To see if, if you're going to believe God for, for every area of your life, you're going to trust God and develop that belief system with God. It's going to take true humility because it's going to take God's Word in every situation that you face, it's going to take His Word to be on the inside of you and you believing that Word for you to overcome the things in life that try to keep you in in a negative and a defeated position. The victory in our lives, our victory, comes from humbling ourselves, saying, Lord, Not my will, but yours be done. Not my way of thinking, but your way of thinking. Not my words about a situation, but what you would say about a situation. And when you see the true humility, the circumstances change. It doesn't work like a magic show, but I'm going to say it like this. Because this always gets people's attention. You want a better car? Develop thankfulness. Well, you know, you can just go buy a car. I'm talking about a car God's way. Where you're not so in debt that you can't even barely make the payments. You want a better car? Develop a life of thankfulness. You want a better house? Begin to be thankful. Begin to be thankful not just for the new house. But begin to be thankful for the conditions around you. And being thankful for something doesn't mean I'm just content and I'm just going to stay that way forever. Absolutely not. But being content with where you're at, the Bible says, is godliness. With an expectation for more. How about money? Finances? You think that the god that created this whole place that lives on the inside of you you think he doesn't he can't handle you getting greater opportunities greater jobs great greater favor and blessing coming your way that will cause things to happen for you in a supernatural way you think he can't handle those things a lot of people don't think he can they need to make their own way i didn't say you don't need to work and work hard at what you do But first and foremost, you need the plan of God. And that comes from humbling yourself under His mighty hand and let Him exalt you and put you in the right places with the right people and the right opportunities and the right favor that will cause blessing to be on your life like you've never seen before. This is what David said. This is what David said. David said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in this day. We know when David said this, that he had humbled himself under the mighty hand of God. He, he was in pride in many areas of his life. As he grew older, as he became king, <clears throat> he humbled himself. And when he did, God extended his life. And David boldly made this statement. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Send now prosperity, O oh Lord, and give me success. Prosperity and advancement go hand in hand with success. But you want it God's way and the way for that to happen? You want more in your life in a financial way? Begin to be thankful for what you have. Begin to be thankful for what you have. Well, yeah, Pastor, you know, I was struggling, barely, barely uh, paid off my... Barely able to pay my electric bill. Did you pay it? Yeah. But barely. Barely. What's barely? If you paid it, you paid it. Huh? Learn to be thankful all the way to paying it, and you'll see that change in your life also where you won't be in that position for very long when you begin to thank God, Lord, I thank you that I got half the money for my electric bill. Some people never been in that place where they have had to believe God for things like that. Maybe you've been in other places believing God for other areas of your life. Father, I thank you for half of what I have and the other half is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pastor, you know, I mean, you know, that's just denying that I don't have... No, 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 no. You're thanking Him for the half, You're not saying you have it all and lying about it, but you're thanking Him that what I don't see is manifesting because of how faithful He is because He said He'd meet all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. you got to get... Listen, if this was easy to do, everybody would be doing it. You have to reprogram your whole way of thinking to think like God and operate the way God operates. And it starts with changing what you say. Being grateful and being thankful for all the things that God has done for us. Can you say amen? I wrote this down, and this is the way you need to say it like this. Thank Him for everything you expect to have Or for the ways you want things in life, even when you don't have them, like you already have them. Even when you don't have them, but it's like you already have them. Thanking Him for what you want to see, even though you don't see it, but yet on the inside of you, because of what you're developing, it's like I already have it. Why not? We have to, we're going to all have to get one of those t-shirts. Why not? And the more you learn to do that, which sounds really odd to some people, the more you learn to do that, the more on the receiving end that you will be, the more Shekinah glory in God's manifestation in your life is what you'll see when you turn the tables and begin to see it from that perspective. Psalm 18 and verse 46. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. He's a rock, he's solid. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God who avenges me and subdues the people under me, he delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. Notice, he's not complaining about the enemies. He's not complaining about the violent man. He's not complaining about the people that that were against him. What's he doing? Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. Acknowledge your greatness every single day. Because, man, when people are violent and enemies rise up against you and people are against this situation and that situation, in your mind, you want to attack the people when the Bible says flesh and bro- blood are not your problem, the enemy's your problem. And if God said he's already taken care of our enemies, then My praises and my acknowledgement of what He's already done for me is what will empower me to not be moved in the natural by the things that are going on, but to trust Him through the whole situation. That's where my circumstances in life change. Because I do as David did, I will give thanks to You, O Lord. I will give thanks to You. Psalm 30 and verse 1. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me, and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried out to you, and you healed me." In other words, there was sickness involved. And he cried out and acknowledged the greatness of God. And who healed him? God healed him. You know, I've learned in the last probably for sure the last 25 years I've been a person not Spending too much time receiving from conventional type medicines, but more of things that have to do with going to the root of the problem. All kinds of supplements and, and just different things that, that, that God has given people wisdom to create. But did you hear what I said? God gave them the wisdom. A lot of times people give things that they take or people that do things for them the credit, but there wouldn't be any supplements, there wouldn't be any healthcare professionals, there wouldn't be any of those without God. I cried out to the Lord and God healed me. See, my praise and thanksgiving for healing in my body has to start every single day. It's got to be something coming out of my mouth every day. God, I thank you that... That you love me so much that you sent the best of heaven, Jesus, not only to save me, but to heal me and deliver me. And today, by His stripes, I'm healed and, and I'm well. I say it every day, even on the days when I feel the best. I say it. Because the Bible says that the Word of God is medicine to all of my flesh. The Word of God is medicine first and foremost. Before anybody else gets credit, I'm very thankful for healthcare professionals and I'm very thankful for supplements and all those kind of things. But, but before anything else, today, my cry and my declaration is to God, my healer. He sent His Word and He healed me and delivered me of all disease. You've got to develop a thankfulness for that so you don't misdirect your credit. Be thankful for all kinds of people and situations, thankful and grateful in all the things that people have done for you. But at the end of the day, God is my healer. God is my deliverer. God is my provider. Amen? God is my sustenance, everything that in life that I need. Everything comes from Him, and I have to change what well, comes out of my mouth. Oh Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. Last week I read, and I'm going to finish with this today. I'm going to touch a little bit more on this, and I will next week also. But I read this passage, and it's the passage uh, regarding the five loaves and the two fish that the disciples had. When Jesus had gone out to preach, He had taken His disciples, and they thought they had hid from the people, but then the people found Him. And the Bible says, in the verses before, what I'm going to read, I'm going to start in Luke chapter 9, and verse 12. In the verses before, it says, Jesus came. He, he, he was with His disciples. Then the people came. So He began to preach about the kingdom of God. And it said, He healed anybody that needed to be well. Healed anybody and everybody that needed to be healed in that moment. And when the day began to wear away, verse 12... The twelve came and said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. Notice he didn't say he was going to do it, he told them to do it. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all these people, for there were about 5,000 men. And I said to you last week, I mean, bare minimum, there were 8,000 people there. Then He said to His disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so, and made them all sit down. And then He took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, He blessed. And He broke them. And he gave them to the disciples to set them before the multitude. And they all ate and they were all filled up. And 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. Not the fragments of what they ate. But there were 12 baskets left over of food that needed to be ate. And they fed 8,000 minimum with five loaves and two fish. And the point I just want to make today is this, it says Jesus told His disciples, after He told them, He told them to go feed the people. He said, we have five loaves and two fish, it's not enough, and in some other translations they do a better job of kind of hearing the complaining that's going on about why would you ask us to feed these masses with this handful of stuff? It's not enough. We need more. We'll have to go buy. We'll have to use our own money. We'll have to do this or take it out of the treasury. We'll have to go buy food. And buying food for 8,000 people is a pretty penny. So what I want to say to you today is, I don't care where you're out of the circumstances or situations that you are in. And it looks like you have five loaves and two fish and you've got to feed 8,000 people. And it looks impossible because that was an impossibility right there. They were way out. It was already becoming nighttime. They're going to have to, they're going to, have to travel a good distance to go find food. And are they going to even be able to find food for 8,000 people? Did it say there were 5,000 men? Okay, you know, in that day and time, you know, it was the men that did a lot of things like that. But, but, but we're talking about Jesus, and everywhere Jesus went, there were women everywhere. So women, kids—I don't care—maybe half the women stayed at home with their kids, but I promise you, the other half came drugging their kids with them. There's a minimum of eight thousand people there. And there was not enough. And they were complaining about what they had to do. And you notice, Jesus didn't even acknowledge their complaining. How are we going to do that? What about this? What about this? What about that? How are we going to accomplish this? We're going to have to go buy food, yada yada. And And look what Jesus says. He didn't say a thing. He took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven to the provider, See, everything I just mentioned to you today could be touched in this, what I'm talking about right here. The provider, the one that would provide the food, the one that would provide the capability of of distributing that kind of food. I mean, there were just a a few of them versus 8,000 people. How is all this going to happen? How did it all get to them and accomplished? He wasn't concerned about it. All he knew was, God told him to do it because Jesus said, I never did anything except what Father told me to do. So when he told his disciples to feed him, that's what Father said. Then Jesus found out real quickly where they were at, that there, there was no belief about that something could happen there, and now he's showing them this is the way you do it. Father, you're our provider. These people have come out here. It's not right for them to follow us out here to heal these people. Now we want to let them know how great that you are. Father, I honor you and thank you for more than enough to feed these 8,000 people. Something along that line because it lines up with the Word. And what happened? (laughs) He did and they did and it was finished. And I'm telling you today, my encouragement to you today is this. Everybody in here at different times in your life, you have felt like, where are you at? There was no way to get out of it. There was never going to be enough. I'm lacking this, that, and the other. I know what I want to see and... You know, you, you see other friends or somebody that are excelling and things, good things are happening in their life. But where we've been trained in this society is we're complaining about what's not happening to us, but we're really jealous and mad that what happened to somebody else didn't happen to us. Man, you got to learn how to be thankful and grateful for the good that happens in other people's lives. Because when you do that and you learn to do that from your heart, your blessings just around the corner. Right. See, God's not playing some little, you know, trick game with you that He's holding stuff back until you know you say the right thing. No, He wants these truths to be developed inside of you, so that when the manifestations and the blessings come your way, you can handle them. Because see, if you remain in pride and good things happen, you're going to do screwy things with it. But you learn how to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, then He exalts you and He causes things to happen in your life that other people look and say, how did you get that? But God. Hmm? How did that happen for you? But, But God couldn't have happened because of me. I know where I was, but when God got a hold of me and began to straighten out what I said and how I acknowledged His greatness instead of complaining about everything that's going on under the sun, He got a hold of me. And that began to change, and the circumstances began to change just like He said they would. Not because of me. Yeah, I made the change. I begin to change what I said, but it's all because of what he did. All of it. I don't ever have to take credit for anything. And can love myself all the way to the grave. Not taking credit for a thing. You know, when my wife and I have uh, certain kinds of conversations, most of the time I'm right. You know, but, uh, but, you know, I don't have to be right. Anybody that believes that, stand on your head. But what I've learned in my relationship with my wife is I don't have to justify my position. I don't have to do that. If she's got something to say to me that can make me better, why would I not receive that? And I didn't do that for years. But when, when me as the leader, God calls the husband in a husband-wife relationship, He calls him the head. And He's the leader, not the boss, but the leader. And if the leader has that kind of attitude, then the other part gravitates to you. It, it, it's, like you're a, it's like you're a wife magnet. When you choose to humble yourself under His mighty hand, and it doesn't have to be your way, it just needs to be the right way. Then you can talk things out and work things out together in a supernatural way. I'm telling you, I didn't do that for a long time. But I'm telling you today, as I've stayed with it, changed the way that I speak, changed what I speak over my wife, See, so, so if you're in that kind of conflict and that, that type of contention, you find, yourselves th- you find yourself saying things about your wife that you don't even really believe, but you're mad. And so you say things about her that way, or vice versa, her about, uh, about him. You say things about your spouse that should never come out of your mouth. And there was a day years ago where I started changing what I said over her every single day, and I've never missed And I speak what the Word says about her and the blessing that she is. man who finds a wife, not a woman, but a wife, finds a good thing. And he obtains blessing and favor from God. That's me. You've done me good all my days. I'd be dead if it wasn't for her. I, I truly think. Nobody else could have standed living with me. But she's done me good all my days. You find a wife, you find a good thing as a man, and you attain favor of the Lord. I don't know about you, but (laughs) I'm living the rest of my life with active gratitude thankfulness and praise of how great my God is. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.